Chapter 19 of The Swordmaker. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Swordmaker by Robert Barr. Chapter 19 The Betrothal in the Garden. Next morning, Prince Roland sent a letter to the Archbishop of Mainz, informing him that the Empress had taken up her abode in the palace of her old friend, the Lord of Cologne giving the reasons for this move and his own desertion of the imperial palace, and asking permission to call upon his mother each day. The messenger brought back a prompt reply, which commented the delicacy of his motives in leaving the royal palace, but added that, so far as the three archbishops were concerned, the Salhof was still at their disposal. Of course Prince Roland's movements were quite untrammelled, and again, so far as concerned the three archbishops, he was at liberty to visit whom he pleased, as often as he liked. While waiting for the return of his messenger, Roland called upon Herr Goebel, and told him that twenty emissaries had gone forth in every direction from Frankfurt to inform the farming community that a market had been opened in the city, and in exchange learned what the merchant had already done towards furthering the necessary organisation. "'Oh, by the way, Herr Goebel,' he cried, suddenly recollecting, "'just write out and sign a document to this effect. I promise Herr Roland, swordmaker of Sachsenhausen, to supply him with the capital necessary for carrying out his contract with his lordship the Archbishop of Cologne. Without demur, the merchant indicted the document, signed it, and gave it to the prince. If any emissary of Mainz pays you a domiciliary visit, Herr Goebel, asking questions about me, carefully conceal my real status, and reply that I am an honest, skilful swordmaker, anxious to revive the ironworking industry, and for this reason, being yourself solicitous for the welfare of Frankfurt, you are risking some money. In the afternoon, Roland walked to the Palace of Cologne and boldly entered, with no attempt at secrecy, the doorkeeper on this occasion offering no impediment to his progress. He learned that the Empress, much fatigued, had retired to her room and must not be disturbed, that the Archbishop was consulting with the Count Palatine, while the Countess von Sein was walking in the garden. Roland passed with some haste through the palace and emerged into the grounds behind it, grounds delightfully umbrageous, and of an extent surprisingly large, surrounded by a very high wall of stone, so solidly built that it might successfully stand a siege. Roland found the girl sauntering very slowly along one of the most secluded alleys, whose gravel path lay deeply in the shade caused by the thick foliage of overhanging trees, which made a cool green tunnel of the walk. Her head was slightly bowed in thought, her beautiful face pathetic in its weariness, and the young man realised, with a pang of sympathy, that she was still, to all intents and purposes, a prisoner, with no companions but venerable people. She could not, and indeed did not, attempt to suppress an exclamation of delight at seeing him, stretching out both hands in greeting, and her countenance cleared as if by magic. "'I was thinking of you,' she cries, without a trace of coquetry. "'I judged your thoughts to be rather gloomy,' he said, with a laugh, in which she joined. "'Gloomy only because I could see or hear nothing of you. Did you know I came yesterday?' "'No.' Why did you not ask to see me? I was informed you were entertaining the Count Palatine. Ah, yes, he is a delightful old man. I like him better and better as time goes on. My guardian and I were guests of his at Gutenfels, just before I occupied the marine prison of Faltz. So your guardian told me. They were now walking side by side in the secluded, thickly wooded avenue, just wide enough for two, running in a straight line from wall to wall the whole length of the property, in the part most remote from the house. "'Nothing disastrous has happened to you?' she asked. "'I have had miserable forebodings. "'No, I am living a most commonplace life, quite uneventful. "'But why, why does the Archbishop of Mainz delay the election? "'I did not know he was doing so. "'Oh, my guardian is very anxious about it. 
such postponement i understand never happened before the state is without a head has your guardian spoken to Mainz about it yes and has been met by the most icy politeness Mainz wishes this election to take place with a full conclave of seven electors three of whom have not yet arrived but my guardian says they never arrive and take no interest in imperial matters he pointed out to Mainz that a quorum of the court is already in frankfurt but his lordship of the upper rhine merely protests that they must not force an election all of which my guardian thinks is a mere hiding of some design on the part of Mainz. prince roland meditated on this for a few moments then as if shaking off his doubts he said it never occurs to one archbishop that either of the others may be speaking the truth there is so much mistrust among them that they nullify all united action which accounts for the prostrate state of this city the capital of one of the most prosperous countries under the sun so far as i can see taken individually they are upright trustworthy men now to give you an instance your guardian last night was simply panic-stricken at my audacity in visiting him he said i must not come again refusing me permission to see you he told you nothing of my conference with him he felt certain i was being tracked by spies and could not be made to understand that my presence here was of no consequence one way or another then why are you here now i am just coming to that i asked your guardian to invite my mother as his guest have you met her yet no they told me the empress was too tired to receive any one i am to be introduced at dinner to-night well this morning i wrote to the archbishop of Mainz, telling him of my interview with your guardian the reason for it and the results his reply came promptly by return. Roland produced the document. Just read that, and see whether you detect anything sinister in it. She read the letter thoughtfully. That is honest enough on the surface. On the surface, yes. But why not below the surface as well? That is a frank assent to a frank request. I think that if the archbishops would treat each other with open candour, they would save themselves a good deal of anxiety. Perhaps, said the girl, very quietly. You are not convinced? i don't know what to think then she looked up at him quickly were you followed last night ah ejaculated roland laughing a little apparently not so far as i could see but the night was very dark then he related to her the incident succeeding the return to his room while she listened with breathless eagerness the lieutenant he concluded did not deny that he was in the service of Mainz when i hinted as much but on the other hand he did not admit it of course i knew by his uniform to whom he belonged he conducted my examination with military abruptness but skilfully and with increasing courtesy although i proclaimed myself a mechanic you a mechanic she said incredulously do you think he believed it i see you doubt my histrionic ability but when next he waits upon me i shall produce documentary evidence of my status and what is more i'll take to my workshop do you possess a workshop cried the girl in amazement do i why i am partner with a man named Greisel, and we own a workshop together a gruff clumsy individual as you would think but who nevertheless with his delicate hammer would beat you out in metal a brooch finer than that you were wearing do you mean joseph yes replied roland astonished what do you know of him have you forgotten so soon it was his stalwart shoulders that burst in my door at Faltz, and you yourself told me his name was joseph Greusel. were all those marauders you commanded honest mechanics every man of them then you must be the villain of the piece who led these worthy ironworkers astray roland laughed heartily that is quite true he said have i fallen in your estimation no to me you appeared as a rescuer besides i come of a race of ruffians and doubtless on that account take a more lenient view of your villainy than may be the case with others the young man stopped in his walk and seized her hands again which she allowed him to possess unresisting 
hilda he said solemnly your guardian thought the archbishop of mainz had relented and would withdraw his opposition to our marriage has mainz said anything to corroborate that estimate nothing has your guardian broached the subject to him yes but the attitude of my lord of mainz was quite inscrutable personally i think my guardian wrong in his surmise the archbishop of treves murmured that mainz never forgives i am certain i offended him too deeply for pardon he wishes the future empress to be a pliable creature who will influence her husband according to his lordship's desires but as i have boasted several times i belong to the house of same hilda will you marry me in spite of the archbishops roland will you forgo kingship for my sake yes a thousand times yes you said for the empress not for the empire but if i am no empress you will as cheerfully wed me yes then i say yes he caught her in his arms and they floated into the heaven of their first kiss an ecstatic melting together suddenly she drew away from him there is someone coming she whispered nothing matters now said roland breathlessly there is no one in the world today but you and me hildegund drew her hands down her cheeks as if to brush away their tell-tale colour and their warmth tis like said roland that you marry a poor man nothing matters now she repeated laughing tremulously i am said to be the richest woman in germany i shall build you a forge and enlist myself your apprentice we will paint over the door herr roland and wife sword-makers two men appeared at the end of the alley and stood still the one with a frown on his brow the other with a smile on his lips oh whispered the countess panic striking from her face the colour that her palms had failed to remove the archbishop and count palatine his lordship strode forward followed more leisurely by the smiling count prince roland said cologne i had not expected this after our conference of last night i fail to understand why my lord when my parting words were tell your porter to let me in without parley that surely indicated an intention on my part to visit the palace your highness knows that so far as i am concerned you are very welcome and always shall be so but at this junction there are others to consider roland interrupted read this letter my lord and you will learn that i am here with the full concurrence of that generous prince of the church mainz cologne with knitted brow scrutinized the communication your highness is most courageous but if i may be permitted just a trifle too clever my highness is not clever at all but merely meets the situation as it arises prince roland said the countess her head raised proudly may i introduce to you my friend and almost my neighbour the count palatine of the rhine ah pardon me murmured the archbishop covered with confusion but the jovial count swept away all embarrassment by his hearty greeting prince roland i am delighted with the honour her ladyship accords me and i my lord am exceedingly gratified to meet the count palatine again again cried the count in astonishment if ever we had encountered one another your highness i certainly should not have been the one to forget the privilege the prince laughed it is true nevertheless my lord count there is a namesake of mine in the precincts of your strong castle of gutenfels a namesake who does more honour to the title than i do myself the count palatine threw back his head and the forest garden echoed with boisterous laughter you mean my black charger prince roland he shouted a noble horse indeed how knew you of him if your highness cares for horses allow me to present them to you never my lord count you are too fond of him yourself and i have always had an affectionate feeling towards you for your love of that animal which indeed hardly exceeds my own i grasped his bridle-rein and held the stirrup while you mounted how is that possible asked the astonished count i cared for prince roland nearly a month receiving generous wages 
and what I valued more, your own commendation, for you saw I was as fond of horses as you were. Good heavens! Were you that youth who came so mysteriously, and disappeared without warning? Yes, laughed the prince. I know Gutenfels nearly as well as you do. I was a spy, studying the art of war and methods of fortification. I stopped in various capacities at nearly all the famous castles of the Rhine, and this knowledge recently came in— Your Highness, Your Highness, pleaded the Archbishop. I implore you to remember that the Count Palatine is an elector of the Empire, and, as I was told last night, we are facing a crisis. Until that crisis is passed, you will add to my already great anxiety by any lack of reticence on your part. By the three kings, cried the Count. This youth, if I may venture to call him so, has bound me to him with bands stronger than chain armour. I shall vote for him whoever falters. His Highness, said the Archbishop, with a propitiatory smile, has been listening to the Eastern tales which our ancestors brought from the Crusades, and I fear has filled his head with fancies. Really, Archbishop, you misjudge me, said the young man. I am the most practical person in the Empire. You interrupted my boasting to her ladyship of my handiwork. I would have you know I am a capable mechanic and a sword-maker. What think you of that, my lord? he asked, drawing forth his weapon and handing it to Cologne. An excellent blade indeed, said the latter, balancing it in his hand. Very well, my lord. I made it and tempered it unassisted. I beg you to re-enter your palace, and write me out an order for a thousand of these weapons. If your highness really wishes me to do this, and there is no concealed humorism in your request which I am too dull to fathom, you must accompany me to my study and dictate the document I am to indict. I shall wait till you bid farewell to the countess. A glance of mutual understanding flashed between the girl and himself. Then Roland raised her hand to his lips, and though the onlookers saw the gallant salutation, they knew nothing of the gentle pressure with which the fingers exchanged their confidences. Madam, said the prince, it will be my pleasure and duty to wait upon my mother tomorrow. May I look forward to the happiness of presenting you to her? I thank you, said the countess simply, with a glance of appeal at her guardian. That good man sighed, then led the way into the house. End of chapter 19 Recording by Squeaky